Get up to 30% off wedding jewelry at BlueNile.com and remember the joy of your wedding day forever. Blue Nile offers everything from diamond and lab-grown diamond wedding bands to classic pearls, earrings you can design yourself, even gorgeous sapphire pieces for your something blue. Whatever you choose, Blue Nile's pieces are all graded for excellence, for a lasting memento as brilliant as the love that inspired it. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Well, we got a hot take on the NFL and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And did you see Des Bryant get taken off the field for the Ravens before their game Tuesday night because of a positive COVID test? We'll tell you what he had to say. Michigan and Ohio State is canceled. Should the Buckeyes be eligible for college football's playoffs? And would the Rays trade Kevin Kiermeyer? We'll discuss all that and more with Tom Jones, my former radio partner and longtime columnist of the Tampa Bay Times, now with the Pointer Institute on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, before we get to Tom, um, Steve, I saw this, uh, you know, Tom Brady uh, gets wrapped a lot for different things, but um, did something nice uh, again the other day. He, uh, him, along with Postmates, he teamed up to help deliver meals uh, to essential workers in Tampa. TB12, which is, of course, the health and wellness brand that he co-founded with Alex Guerrero. Um, they got with Postmates and uh, for the delivery services, uh, uh, Better Than Santa campaign. And so uh, they went to the front lines of the uh, COVID pandemic and they delivered TB12 performance meals to 12 departments of Advent Health in Tampa. And um, yeah, that, that's kind of a cool thing. I mean, he's, I know he did a lot of stuff during the pandemic. Uh, I think they bought like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know what it was, three quarter million meals or something like that. But uh, oh, it's good to see good to see him helping out. Yeah, it's uh, always good when your, when our our athletes and our you know star players are giving back to yeah. the community. We've had a, a lot of good ones in Tampa over the years. Oh I mean, yeah, you know from uh, you know just in recently you think of Gerald McCoy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know he was always giving. Mike Evans does a ton. In the community, Jam- Jameis Winston was doing a lot of Jameis stuff in the community. Does a lot of stuff with with uh, schools in particular. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, you know, you think hockey. I mean, Vinny Lecavalier took it to a whole new level. He did, you know, with the yeah. Lightning and and you know Stamkos and all of them have followed suit since. And you know, we, we've been yeah. really lucky in this community. The Rays do so much too. I mean, Kevin Kiermaier's done a lot in the community. Um, right. you know, Evan Longoria was always given back. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you think about. You know all those guys, and and you know we've been very lucky in this community to have lots of those players that are always willing to step up and give back to the community. And the need this time of year is always big. It's even bigger now with the pandemic, the unemployment, the food lines that you see, um, you know all the food banks and things. And you're right, um, they've they've all they've all stepped up. But I think you know for a guy that's only been here you know since what February or March, um, you know he's pitched in and and done it several times now. So that's pretty neat. All right, Tom Jones joins us now, and uh, Tommy, we got lots to talk about, man. We got the NFL, we got college football, little Rays, little NHL coming back. So uh, let's start with the National Football League. Dun, 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 so, dun. so I'm watching. <laughs> it's the Baltimore Ravens against the Dallas Cowboys at the what do they call that stadium up there? I don't even know. The Big Bank. I don't know. That's right. Where do they play? It's at Baltimore, right? It's in Baltimore. Yeah. yeah. The big crab cake. Uh, um, but anyway, so I'm watching this game, and all of a sudden there's like a – I'm seeing, you know, interviews and, and different things, and like all of a sudden there's a news flash, sort of like Des Bryant was taken off the field because he had a positive COVID test and will not play tonight. 
Like, wait a minute. So he got all the way to warm-ups. And by, by the way, Des hasn't played in a couple of years, and this was his first NFL game. It was like a triumphant sort of comeback for him. And they get all the way to the warm-ups, and then they tell the guy, you got to go, you got to come off? What's wrong yeah. with this picture? Am I missing something here? I don't understand any of it, Rick. I don't understand the whole thing. Why some teams play, why some teams don't. Some guys can't play, some guys can I mean, Denver went into a game playing a guy that never played quarterback in the NFL. Didn't have one. Yeah, Didn't have a quarterback. Uh, but And then the, the Baltimore Ravens played the last time they played. That game got canceled like 15 times right. because they, they didn't have enough guys. But then they – I don't get it. I don't know. So I don't know what constitutes when you can't play, when you can't play, when games are canceled, when games are postponed. And now in this case, Des Bryant, they're pulling him out of a game, and uh, and I have no clue as to – you know, is, you know what? Has he already in, infected other people or came in contact with other people? Well, can, potentially because you know when you have you'll have, uh, for example, in the case of, of the Broncos, and I understand in that instance, you know, the guys weren't necessarily following protocol; they weren't keeping their masks on, maybe not distancing, whatever the the in house rules were. Um, and one of the guys had turns out had COVID, and the other ones, you know. Um, were quarantined with them, and so they lost the whole position group. But wouldn't Des Bryant have – I mean, if you're literally at game day and he's on the field, that means he's been in meetings all week. That means he's – they didn't fly. They were at home. But, like, you know, he's he's around everybody. And if you were going to do contact tracing, there wouldn't be a game, right? I mean, unless, unless you were going to go back in there and didn't get a false negative or something like that. But they didn't put him back on the field. So Bryant, who's, you know – his story is pretty compelling to begin with, but I mean, like I said, he's been out of the NFL. Oh, and by the way, they were playing the Cowboys. You think he wanted to play a little oh, bit? For sure, for sure. You know, they're playing a team that that he played for, and then eventually was released by. Um, and I really believe I see Des Bryant and all this stuff. So he he tweeted out afterwards. He goes, "That's it. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I can't. I can't handle this. I can't handle this." Well, first of all, you were done before they told you you were done. But that aside, um. That's that's how it, it, it had. Look, none of this is easy for any of us, right? And and I'm sitting here. I've been completely healthy. I don't have anything to complain about. I'm still employed. I'm not, you know. It, but 2021 is is hard for everyone, and and really hard for some. Um, and and those who have lost loved ones, and, and I, I can't imagine, you know, what what this is like to be, you know, sort of in this tornado of of a virus that's wiped out so many families and and everything else. Having said that, um, it's weird. It's weird to be playing sports amid this. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it, I, I absolutely heard. You know what? I I heard somebody talking about this a couple about a week or two ago. It might have been on. I, I think Bill Simmons' podcast was talking about it. I, are we going to look back like 15 years from now, right. 20 years from now, right? And we're going to look back and we'll say, wait, we there was what? a pandemic. Yeah. and 400,000 Americans, or however the number is going to get up to, million, at some point. Yeah. yeah, half a million. Americans died, and they didn't miss one National Football League game. <laughs> like, no, are we gonna we're gonna look back and we're gonna be like, what were we doing? What were we thinking? There is, How did this happen? There, you're, you know what history history may this may be the wrong side of history for real. And I know it's big business, and there's a lot of people that profit from that business. And you know, it's not like all the stadiums are open, so we're not talking about people that you know. Dole out the hamburgers and the hot dogs and the and, and, and the cold beer, um, 
But having said all that, look, the NFL got a ton of heat. Maybe their worst decision ever was to play, you know, the day of, I think, the Kennedy funeral. (laughs) Or after after the Kennedy assassination. Yeah, Kennedy was assassinated, I I want to say, on a Friday. On a Friday, they played that Sunday, and they've never... It's all oh that no that was that was a fatal flaw. And Pete what Rozelle is, said it was the it was the biggest mistake he ever made. I right. Think. Good lord. I mean, and I and can was, appreciate I can appreciate the historical significance sure. of that. Believe me, I can. I've been to Daily Plaza. I'm a big Kennedy guy. I know what innocence was lost that day and all what he meant to the world. Having said that, you're right. This isn't just the United States, by the way. The entire world has been affected. I mean, there's going to be millions of people. We're going to wind up dying of this of this virus. And while I'm, you know, completely sympathetic and understanding why states and and um, pe- people that own businesses, my goodness, they're being told to, to shut down. And this is the way they make their living and people can't collect rent and there's layoffs everywhere and furloughs. And I mean, really, a lot of pain out there, aside from what the pandemic, you know, directly has caused. But the NFL, eh, nothing's going to stop them. <laughs> no, and you know it's what? Like it's, nothing. They're going to play two hundred and whatever it is, two hundred fifty six, two hundred fifty three yeah. games. Tom, they're going to play every game. Sure, they are, and they're proud of it. It's almost like, and you, every time you turn on the TV, you hear somebody say, "Oh, wow, you just got to admire the NFL." I'm like, I don't know if admires the word. I don't know yeah. if we should. But here's the here's the weird thing about it all, Rick. I am so conflicted about all this because I have to admit, you know, we're all living we're all living through this, and our and we're all dealing with it in our own particular way. And I have yeah. to admit, like I do watch it, and I and it is nice to watch. Of course, it, and know? it's an escape. It is it's an, an escape. escape, and I and we've and always I've talked even, yeah. about sports being that. Now you work on Sundays typically, um, right? C- covering the Bucks. Uh, I you know, I work on Sundays, but I, I'm writing a thing for Pointer. But I'm home during the games game day, and I mm-hmm. my wife even <laughs> it was so funny. My wife the other day, she's now a, an authority on the red zone as well, and at one point she said. Uh, does this, do they have any commercials on this station? <laughs> I said, no, that's their big catchphrase. Seven junior. hours of commercial-free football. <laughs> and I said, but I, I told her, I said, you know, it's the same thing, though. It's like I feel guilty for watching it. I feel guilty for supporting it and saying, yeah, you go, NFL. We're not shutting down for anything. But at the same time, I got to admit, I sit there and I watch all seven hours of it on Sunday. And yeah. then I watch the Sunday night game. Then I watch the Monday night game. And I'm like, oh, great. There's a Tuesday night game this week. Oh, there's yeah. a Wednesday afternoon game. Yeah. 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 And I end up watching all of it even. And I don't I think I've watched more football this year, Rick, than I did a year ago when I was not, which was my first year of not like covering it. And I think I have too, and, and, and I, think I do it's cover because, it. Now I, I, we can get into college football in, in a little bit. I don't feel the same way about colleges, but for the NFL, I, I have to. I feel conflicted because I, I, I don't know that we should be playing, and yet I'm glad they're playing because I do watch. You know, well, nobody's more. I mean, I the word that comes to my mind is grateful because this is what I do for a living. Sure, you know, I, I cover the National Football League, so. You know, however they've had to do it, whatever expense they've gone to, whatever safety measures they've enacted, I think for the most part they have worked. Um, there have been infections. Thank God no one has become seriously ill that we're aware of. Some have had effects, obviously. but um, and, and it is remarkable that some teams, I think I was seeing the Seattle Seahawks have not had one positive COVID test. Can you imagine that? Yeah, and, and I know people want to point fingers I know there was a you know Tennessee earlier in the year where they being irresponsible. The Denver quarterbacks, you know Baltimore with this outbreak, you know. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. 
you know, Rick, there's certainly people out there acting irresponsibly, but in the cases of the NFL teams, I, I don't know that anybody's doing doing it irresponsibly enough that that we can blame them uh, for an outbreak. You know, I mean, it's right. it, it, no one's figured this thing out yet. You know, I, I've had I've had friends who now who've gotten it. They have no idea where they got it from, and they're being super right? super safe. Yeah, yeah, and it's you know, but. Uh, it's, it's just, I, I do wonder how we're going to look back 10 years from now, 20 years from now, when hopefully life is, uh, back to normal. Hopefully we'll be back to normal by next season. But I wonder once we get a little more space between us and this event, you know, I, I wonder how our, it'd be way our parents felt about, you know, I don't, I guess things did not shut down during World War II necessarily. I mean, maybe some stuff did Olympics or whatever, but yeah. I mean, for the most part, the NFL kept going. Oh, baseball! Oh, we got guys drafted into the army. Oh, okay. We'll we'll have sixteen-year-olds playing like like they did back in the forties. So, I I do wonder though how we're going to look back all of it. I, probably like, yep, that's the NFL for you. <laughs> Not shutting down for anything. Well, of all, yeah, of all the leagues, I mean, they're the ones that you know we saw. Of course, it interrupted a bunch of other seasons: the NHL and the NBA and. Uh, college basketball went away altogether back uh, in, Nor- in March Madness, but um, the other leagues had to deal with it their own way. Whether it was a bubble, um, they 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 got through abbreviated seasons. They got through their tournaments. They all they each crowned a champion, which is weird when you think about it. Um, so, you know they they dealt with it their own way, but it was different than the NFL. You know the NFL um, did not put anybody in a bubble and. Some of them had sort of a pseudo local bubble. You know, there's still guys yeah. that are staying at hotels and things. But, and I think that's what we're going to see in the postseason. Somebody asked me the other day, like, "Hey, are we going to see what baseball did when they get to the postseason, where they go, you know what? There's so much COVID. We're going to play these games in these two cities, and the AFC is going to be here, and the NFC is going to be there, and 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 we're going to do all the playoffs there until we get to Tampa, or maybe it'll be in Tampa. You know, that sort of thing." Um. They're not. I don't sense. And Gudella said this. My good friend Roger, uh, RG, as I call him, there has they have not indicated at all that that will be the case. I think at best or worst, depending on your perspective, what they will do is each team will have its own sort of team bubble. And yeah, right. if you're if you're one of the fourteen teams in the playoffs, you know you'll probably all go to a hotel, you know, and stay there until you're eliminated, until or unless you're eliminated in your own city, and then they'll right. travel. And if you got to go to Green Bay or you got to go to Seattle, you get on a plane, you go. Um, just like you've been traveling all season. But I think as far as money through Friday, money through Saturday, you guys won't be going home, you know, where potentially they could get family spread or whatever. I think they'll just all sort of be as a, as an organization locked locked in a in a yeah. In a hotel. Just logistically, the NFL. I don't know how they pull it off. I'm amazed that the NBA and the NHL pulled it off the way they did, actually. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, those those sports are a little bit different. You're playing almost every other day. Baseball, you pretty much are. I mean, the way they set it up, those teams were playing every day. It right. became a big deal when a best of five series went five days in a row, and a best of seven went seven days yeah. in a row until the series World Series. But I think with the NFL, with so many, and now you're talking 200 people on a basically on a team, you know, yeah. with the, counting players and everybody else, support staff and all that. Right. Uh, that's a big difference between hockey, which I think, you know, you're talking maybe 30, 35 people, you know, and, and yeah. fewer teams. I don't know. I just I just don't think logistically the NFL would be able to pull it off. But I, I'll tell you what, Rick, I'm looking forward to the playoffs mm-hmm. because I don't know that anybody – you know, I, I came to the determination the other day. The yeah. entire league is trash. 
except for the Chiefs. What? And maybe the Saints. Who's good? I don't know anybody. Who's good? Seattle? I watched Seattle, and I'm like, wait, Seattle got beat by the Giants? Really? And you know what? The, try- let me just say this, and you'll, you'll think this is a crappy take maybe, but um, you, know who, you know who could be good or who could be a tough out? The Giants. You just nailed it. I, I'm telling you. But look, you know, I, it's like every time I, I turn around, the other, like the NFC East, they, they were the worst division ever, and now all of a sudden, like, and no one can beat them now. Now, now, now no one can yeah. beat. Yeah, it's like wait, wait, <laughs> now, what now you, they're the SEC. Yeah, I mean, yeah. What just happened? All of a sudden, somebody's flipped the switch. But no, seriously, um, Alex Smith, who should be the comeback player of the year, he happened for the Redskins, which was remarkable. Right. We'll talk about your Steelers in a minute, but I'm I'm looking at you know the Giants, who you know the Bucks went up there and played them at MetLife Stadium. And we're damn lucky to win. It was an, an overtime, um, almost an overtime game, I think it was. Uh, remember the two-point conversion, the flag was thrown and picked yep. up, and they, they wound up getting out of there. But I watched that Giants team, and, and ever since then, they've continued every week to get better. But that's one of the, like, the heavy, physical, run it down your throat, play great defense, get better on defense. You, don't, you know, it's one of those, well, you don't want to play those guys. You know what? You don't want to play those guys. It's, um, I, I go eat from week to week. I'm like, I don't want to play those guys, too. I want to play those guys about every team, <laughs> except for the Chiefs, which I never want to play. Well, you never want to play the Chiefs. Yeah. But, I mean, I look at the, oh, that NFC West. Like, one day I think the Rams, like, oh, the Rams. The Rams yeah. are really good. And then I'm like, uh, Goff has good. four turnovers after he beats the pants out of, <laughs> right. out of Tampa exactly. Bay. Exactly. Arizona, like, there was a half a second there. We're like, hey, Kyler Murray, man, you want no yeah. parts? I'm like, yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm not afraid of that. Nah, guy. they figured that out. Yeah. yeah. Vikings uh, are up in – all of a sudden, the Vikings were good. But now that's, that'll be a real test. We'll talk about the Bucks and the Vikings, and I'm sure. Uh, yeah. The Packers, I've seen them look really good. I've seen them look really bad. There's- no one believe. You know, this is funny because the Packers were 13 and three a year ago. Do you remember that? It was yeah. it was the coach's first year, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he went 13 and three, and they went out quickly. and And there is something about them that I don't think people believe in. And Aaron Rodgers is great. They run the ball with Aaron. I mean, they. They're really good. Their defense, I think, though, is I don't think people trust it. I don't think they they trust it, you know that Rodgers, you know, can bring him back if they get way behind and as great as he is, that you know something will happen and it'll be it'll be weird. But um, I don't know why no one's really buying in the Packers. Here's the other thing, Tom and, and Bruce Arian said this um, to us on Tuesday, and I think he's right. He said of all the years, right. That because they're not gonna they're not gonna win the division. I mean, the Saints are gonna win the division. They'd have to lose all all four, and then the Bucks would have to win all four for that not to be the case. Um, so even with Taysom Hill, they're gonna win the division. So, but he said, you know, as a wild card team, and Brady's never never made it to the Super Bowl on that path. But having said that, of all the years to not be too worried about where you're gonna go, whether you're playing at home or not, this is the year right. because. There is um, – I heard a stat the other day that road teams have a remarkably better record than ever before in the history of the league. And the reason seems fairly simple, right? There's no 12th man in Seattle. There's no uh, you, Lambeau you hit Leap the perfect in Green team. Bay. You hit the perfect team, Rick. There's no Seattle is not the same team no. this year that they've been in other years. And I, and I think their home record actually is not bad. but Right. They don't look like the same team. Now, I don't think they're as good as they've been in past years. But they're, you're right. There is no 12th man. But those close games, and there's always close games, right? I think the other day, like, almost every game was a one-score game in the NFL um, or, or thereabouts. And in those close games, when you're on the road, right, and you're trying to, you know, to drive down and, and get a score or, or, or you need to stop somebody, the, the energy of a crowd is real in football. 
You know, it, it, it's not, I'm not minimizing it in other sports, but, you know, baseball is sort of pitcher against hitter, right? And, you know, see ball, hit ball, catch ball, throw ball. Um, and, and it's still, it's still energy. But like in football, especially, I mean, some of those places with, with 80, 90,000 people, you think that they don't influence referees to grab to grab the hanky and throw a pass interference flag when everybody goes, come on, you know? Right. Um, you don't, you know, like that call made at the Meadowlands when they picked up the flag. Those guys would have never gotten out of New Jersey. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, something bad would have happened to them on the spot. They're not picking up that flag yeah. if, if there's if there's 75,000 people at the Met, at MetLife Stadium that day. And, and so I think that there is something to be said for, I don't know who's good, but I don't know that home field advantage matters. So if I were to tell you, hey, this is the year wildcard team goes to the Super Bowl, I think this might be the year wildcard team goes to the Super Bowl. Oh, I wouldn't doubt it whatsoever. And it's so funny when you look back yeah. at all these teams. And let's just, again, let's take Kansas City out of the mix because I think they're just at a different level. They're just that next level, yeah. Else. But there are times early in the year, like, there's no way Cleveland's going anywhere with Baker Mayfield as their quarterback. And they're 93. All of a sudden, they're 9 and 3. And I think, and they have an outside shot to win that division, which is crazy yes. to think. Yeah. And there's a few weeks ago where I'm like, you know what, man? You don't want to play the Raiders. The Chiefs want no part of the Raiders. Well, you know what? They're not going to have to play because the Raiders aren't going to make it. I don't think. That's right. You know, it's it really is like every week. There, there was a moment there where the Vikings were the Vikings are oh, they're awful. I they're can't terrible. believe how bad they are. And all of a sudden they're good, and, and now they're back to being bad. Like I don't know again. Yeah. And I I go through every team like that. Miami. For there's a split second where I thought, hey Miami, they might have something there. And then and then Tua wasn't playing, and they put Fitzpatrick. Now Tua's back. It's every team in the league. It seems like, with the exception of Kansas City, they could lose to anybody. They could they beat, could beat anybody. anybody. Yeah, and uh, and that's why I mean, we'll, if as long as everybody stays healthy, I think Kansas City goes on a win today. But here's now, Rick, my bold prediction. My bold prediction okay. of the season. <clears throat> talking about the Steelers. The Pittsburgh yeah. Steelers yeah. will. They have four regular season games left, and then they will they'll okay. go into the playoffs. They will win one game the rest of this season. That's my prediction. They're they going to go win. one in three. They will go one in three during the regular season and lose their first playoff game. Which will mean that they'll finish the year having lost three of their last four games. Four no, of their last, four four of their last, last five. five. After starting After 11 a 10-0 oh. start? 11-0 oh start. 11-0 oh start. They, they oh. have, here's who they got next. They got Buffalo next. It's a Sunday. I believe it's a Sunday night. Game. That'll be a tough one the way Buffalo's Josh Allen looking played. good. Yeah, yeah, I like Buffalo. Um, then they play, I think, at Cincinnati, which – you, they, you, they, Stewart should win that game. Yeah. Then home against the Colts, which is not a gimme game, at, by any stretch. And then at Cleveland in a game that could be for the division. Remarkable wow. enough. Wow. I don't, Rick. They so you're not the ball. a believer in the Steelers because no. they, they, they what? They can't run the ball. They can't run the football. They got a thousand injuries on defense, and I know it's easy to get caught up. Like, look, that game uh, the other day against Washington. I think it was their third game in twelve days. That's I don't. Yeah, it's not an easy thing. Yeah, I mean their schedules all messed up. I schedules mean, all messed up. They missed their bye week earlier in the year because Tennessee couldn't play. Then they had the Baltimore situation where they had to move that game around, and it, so they played a game on a on a Wednesday, and then turned around and played on a on a Monday. Um, so it's like two games in five days or whatever, six days. But Rick, they can't run the football. You know Ben Roethlisberger, they threw the ball. Uh, think about this: they threw the ball fifty three times. The other day, in that Jeez. loss, in the loss, and and did not trail until there was two minutes left in the game. Mm. The game before that, they played Baltimore, 
led that entire game pretty much against the JV team that Baltimore threw out there with no Lamar Jackson, no nobody, threw the ball 51 times that game. Mm. And all the passes are three yards. Everybody, I mean, I, I've never seen a team, this is what this, this is the Steelers offense the other day, where they would, they would complete three passes in a row and it would be third and six. <laughs> I'm like, how does that happen? How do you do that? How do you complete three what, passes what in a row happened? that's like I mean, third and four? You know. Is is James Conner? Is he still hurt? Like what? James where's their Conner's hurt. Their offensive lines all beat up. They're you know they're mixing and matching, scotch taping it together on the offensive line. Defensively, yeah. they're missing you know Devin Bush and Bud Dupree are two outstanding linebackers. They're out for the season. Um, but I just I, Rick, I just don't. They don't have an identity, which is unusual to say about the Pittsburgh Steelers. But they're, they're, the Steelers are an example of that, Rick, where you just you have a, a team that that I. I thought we overrated them, basically. And you told me this weeks ago. Like, you realize the Steelers aren't that good, right? And you're right. They weren't that good. And I, they were winning games. And that's what I'm saying, like, with the other thing, Rick, when I look at Tampa Bay, I mean, I, I think Tampa Bay's in a much better shape than, to say, the team like the Steelers. And I look around that NFC, and I, I know there are a lot of people who are, who are all of a sudden on the fence about the Bucks, And I think this Vikings game is going to tell us a lot. But right. I... I don't fear if I'm the Bucks. I don't fear anybody, particularly if Drew Brees isn't back anytime soon. Now, New Orleans is still the team. Yeah, I don't. Let's just let me clear that up for you because if you're still struggling with that, the Saints are better than Tampa Bay now. With Taysom Hill as quarterback, yeah, I think so. Listen, they played they played the Saints last year with Teddy Bridgewater. He threw for 304 touchdowns on them. Now, granted, Jameis Winston didn't help him out that day, but. They still played pretty much the same defense, and they and they ripped them apart. And uh, I I think when you lose twice to those guys, and granted the first one was the first game that Brady's ever been on the real field with with these guys, right? Um, so you can even throw that out. But when you when you take it, you know, thirty four to three at home, um, you you don't deserve to win the NFC South unless you were to have beaten the Rams and the Chiefs, and then something happened to the Saints. You go, okay, well you've beaten some top teams, Green Bay, the Rams, the Chiefs. You deserve it. They don't deserve it. They're not going to win it, obviously. That's over. And I don't know what would happen if they played them again. I mean, some would say, well, it's hard to beat a team three times in the same right. season, and that might be true. But I, I just think the Saints have proven, you know, where are the Bucks better? Are they better on defense? Not a chance. Are they better at wide receiver? Eh, maybe, but, I mean, you know, Michael Thomas is pretty damn good. You know, are they better at running back? Nah, I take Alvin Kamara. You know, they've got a pretty good tight end or two, too. Their offensive line is better. Um, and so you get down to quarterback and you go, well, you know, if Drew Brees doesn't come back, listen, who are, who's Taysom Hill going to lose to? Who Teddy Bridgewater lose to? Nobody. That's amazing, by the way. Yeah, that's incredible. They there played, ain't what, no eight, eight games with backup Drew Brees? quarterbacks. Yeah. And it might be 9-0 and after next week. So, I mean, I, I think that is Sean Payton. That is a really good defense. Um, exceptional defense in some ways. And in a year where, you know, continuity means everything, right? Like, wh- who are the teams that are winning? I mean, you, you can say, well, I don't know who's good, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you who is, who's, who's showing up. It's the teams like the Ben Roethlisberger's and Mike Tomlin's. It's the, mm-hmm. you know, the Sean Payton's and, and Breeze and whoever else he puts at quarterback. It's, you know, Kansas City and Andy Reid. It's, Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, yeah, Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. I mean, every year in the NFL, 
to be honest with you. And Sean Payton said this, and I think it's absolutely spot on. He goes, you know, legitimately, he goes, well, talk about parity. He goes, look, every year there's four, maybe five, but four teams that have a legitimate shot at winning a Super Bowl. That's it. Four. And they're not always in the same conference. You know what I mean? Right, like some, right, right. You know, one might, might be one AFC team and three NFC teams. Right. So this year, I think there's about four. You know, and if you wanted to extend it to five, I'd give you maybe the Bucks are one of those five. I, I but I know what you're saying in that, you know, the schedule is everything in terms of you can't look at win loss records because, you know, some teams, you know, for example, the Bears started out five and one and everybody knew they were horrible. I was in Chicago when they beat the Bucks. And the next day people were like yeah, but the Bears aren't any good. <laughs> I was like, well, that's the way I felt about one. the Steelers like, when on, they Chicago. were eleven and zero. I was like, they're not that. Good. I know, but but they but they're better than most teams. I still yeah. think, still think. I mean, they've had injuries, they've had all that stuff. Though, you just mentioned the games in twelve days, all that. They still have Tomlin. They still have Roethlisberger. They're still the Steelers. I mean, whether they go to the Super Bowl, I don't know. But they, they were eleven and zero. I mean, come on, you can't. You can't, I know, you can't fake your way, your way to 11 right. and 0. No, you're right. Even on your worst day, when you win on your worst day, you're a pretty good team. And they beat, like, look, they beat some teams along the way. They beat Tennessee. They beat Baltimore back yeah. when, when they did but have Tennessee is another team that I can't figure out. Yeah, like, there's, one, there you they go. They get destroyed. But, but you know what? They went to the AFC Championship. They know they have their identity, right? They're going to run the hell out of the ball. And they're going to play action pass with Tannehill. And that's what they do. And so they know how to win games. It doesn't matter who they play. If they're going to win, Henry's going to run a million yards, and, and they're going to play action, and, and they got some good receivers, and they're, they're tough as hell with Brable on defense. You just kind of know what kind of game you're going to get into with those guys. Now, they've been up and down at times, but I still think I would take them over, say, the Colts. You know what I mean? And the right. Colts are kind of in the mix, but, you know, Phillip Rivers is new, and there's so much new there. So I think the teams that have been together. Now, if you want to tell me there's a month to go, and can the Bucks jack up their confidence if they beat Minnesota? Uh, and they're pretty much at that point almost locked into a kind of a six seed thing in the wild card. And they're playing Atlanta twice and the Lions. Well, the Lions just beat you know just beat the Bears, whatever that's worth. Um, I mean, yeah, the Lions have a quarterback. They like, they could fatten up on these yeah. four teams, right? And they could they could sort of like catch fire, you know, a little bit. Like they could get some rhythm on offense or they could, you know, curb stomp a few people. And then you go into the playoffs and you go, yeah, well, first game at Seattle. 12th man in there. You just mentioned it. Defense isn't that good. Russell Wilson has no help. All of a sudden you beat them and, you're, you know, you're in the round two. So I, I think the Bucks are in the mix, right? But they're not better than the Saints. But we know what happens to the Saints. The Saints every year, something terrible, god-awful is going to happen to them. A referee's going to swallow a whistle. Um, you know, Drew Brees is going to trip on a freaking water bottle. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. I do know, though, if they get to the Super Bowl, I know who the quarterback will be. Drew Brees? Jameis Winston. Oh, somehow. Yeah, Jameis is getting it. Somehow. Jameis no, is going to. I'm not beating the W. I'm not. I'm, not. <laughs> He's, I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. That's the way it goes around here. So, Interesting. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. We'll go from college uh, pro football to college football, and I just want to mention this real quick. Ohio State, Michigan. I never thought this game was going to be played, and now we know it's not going to be played. But the reason it's not going to be played is insane, right? I mean, forty yeah. something cases supposedly of COVID at the University of Michigan on their football team. You know what? You know what makes me mad too, Rick. And I, I saw this earlier. Uh, we're taping this on two on Tuesday, um, and Kirk Herbstreit's uh, name was trending on Twitter. And mm-hmm. everybody was basically saying, see, Kirk Herbstreit was right. And we talked owe about apology. this. You owe him an apology. Yeah, you owe Kirk Herbstreit an apology. That's right. Because you and I talked about this on your podcast last week yeah. when Herbstreit didn't just come out and said that basically oh, Michigan was going to duck Ohio State. Then he had to come out with an apology and like, no, I didn't mean that. I apologize. I wasn't saying they were trying to duck anybody. And and yet now this is what people believe. People believe they saw Michigan's a 29-point under was a 29-point underdog to Ohio State. And Ohio, you know, they, they didn't want to play him. And Harbaugh's fighting for his job, and yeah, they're and Rick. The fact of the matter is, like you just mentioned, the reason this game's not being played is because of COVID. I don't, I'm not buying for a second that Michigan was ducking anybody. Uh, no, I think it's it's, it's good it's, luck, it's, it's good a, fortune that they, yeah, it, it is, is good timing for them. <laughs> but uh, they, they were going to hang a hundred on Michigan. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? I but I think I do believe. And look, I'm no, you know me, I'm no Jim Harbaugh apologist. But I there's not for a second do I believe that they were. They were trying to get out of this game. I think it was. I think it all is COVID related, and it's a shame. It's a shame for everybody. And again, a Big Ten, the Big Ten. Look, they threw spaghetti at a wall, hoping something was sticking. Now they're in a mess. Now, now you're now you're scrambling, hoping that Ohio State can get another game in. I I told you this before, Rick. The whole reason they played the Big Ten schedule, in my opinion, was because they knew Ohio, Ohio that State was, was good enough you to get Ohio it. State into the college playoff. Yep. And now it that may not it. happen because they're not going to play enough games. Yeah, but you know what? Suspend the rules and just put them in anyway. I mean, come on. Do we really care that they played four or five or six or ten games? I mean, really? Do we? Do you want this? Is, I guess I said it before. This is a TV show. It's a TV series, okay? It's The Bachelor. Do we really care as long as it's an attractive man and a couple of attractive women? I mean, that's, you know, at the end of the day, they, they're trying to sell the nation on these being the best teams. But don't you and think so it's a bad look? I mean, if a team teams. plays three games or four games or whatever it is, you're going to put them in the national Yeah, but it's a pandemic. Play? I mean, but I mean, it, just, I, I it would, would just play in. It would just confirm everything that we always believed. Like, oh, this thing's rigged from the start. It's yes, Alabama, it is rigged. It's Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. It is rigged. Of course whoever. it's rigged. And, and BYU's the... never get it. And look. Well, BYU, I mean, you know what? For all yeah, the screening, yeah, yeah, put be, Coastal Carolina in there before you put Ohio State. And in. look, I'm one of those guys that that made fun of UCF for claiming that they were national champions. Yeah, you did. Really, yeah, because they were playing a bunch of JV schools. Look, no, Ohio State's not losing to Cincinnati. Ohio State's not losing to Coastal Carolina or BYU. Who else do we want to hold a telethon for? Really, I mean, at the end of the day, they're blue bloods. But if you're and, Texas A&M, like, well, wait a minute, no one wants. Who's screaming for te- Texas A&M? Jimbo's screaming. Yeah. At least they're going to play a bunch of games and they beat. Talking real fast is what you're doing. Talk real fast. Talk about Texas A&M. It's the fastest talker. <laughs> he was. I but, saw him on a pre-game we'll talk the about, other day. We'll talk about this. Maybe we should talk about this on your show someday soon. Maybe tomorrow. Uh, 
Yeah. There were certain guys, Mick Huber, for example, of the Florida Gators, was Hell one of those man. guys. You and I, when we did the radio show, he used to come on, mm-hmm. Mick Huber. Yeah. And we would have, <laughs> in the way we would plan it out, you and I would alternate questions. And sometimes we would yes. look at each other and say, I got a follow up or whatever. I got nothing, or I got a follow up. And we would have, like, yeah. So we would usually prepare three questions. Two, three each. each. Yeah. Two, so three each, six yeah. questions, 10 minutes, you know, an eight minute segment. Yeah. Right. Mick Huber was one question. Boom, he will talk for the – you only had to have one question ready. Jimbo, you have you better have about 14 questions ready because he talks so fast that he's going to get to it. Like, he, it's the, almost content, like this, the content – he'd give you a half hour of content. He oh, just it's like it listening to, to a minutes. podcast on like turned up speed, like 1.5 speed or 2.0 exactly. speed. Exactly. But Jimbo, uh, look, they beat Florida. They're in the okay. mix here. I mean, they, but, you uh, know, Kevin, not, I'm a, I'm, I mean, they get Mond at quarterback. I mean, nobody – Really, nobody, nobody's saying let's. How about let me... them play Ohio State? I saw Matt Baker suggest that. Yeah, they're trying to barnstorm that game. I'm okay with that. <laughs> barnstorm. I'm okay with... That's a good way to. Put I mean, it. that's what college football has become. You call up any place, anywhere, anytime, any field. Okay, right. play them in a Walmart. Why is it always Walmart? I don't I know. know. We'll play them in a parking lot. Why Give not us an target? apple. Give us an apple, and we'll come and yeah. show up. Um, yeah, they could drive. Start driving. Ohio. Ohio. Here's State, a weird thing. Leave? Like, has it all? Has Guys it always meet been in Knoxville cause... or whatever? Yeah. All I know is that college football has planned out schedules about 10 years in advance. <laughs> and this year they can do it in 10 minutes. Like, know, why haven't we right? done this? Why hasn't this been college football? I'd watch that. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, next week we're going to get together a really good game. We don't know who it's going to be, but wait till we find out the opponent that we come up with. I think it should be like heavyweight fights. It'd you be know, just, awesome, wouldn't it? It's like, all right, he, he moved up. He this beat guy? that guy. Yeah. Tyson, Tyson beat Roy Jones. Now he's going to fight Evander Holyfield or whoever. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like it. I kind of like it. Hey, let's talk about the Rays real quick. Uh, so I don't know if you know this, but uh, they may be cutting payroll. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is usually what happens about now every year. And you, you would hope that after going to the World Series and Game 7 and all of that, that maybe they could keep the band together. But no, uh, they're going to have to break it. Well, we already had Charlie Morton, which should have, you know, that's a big relief. There's $15 million that they, they're not going to have to worry about. Um I got to tell you, Tom, I mean, they're, they're, they got a lot of good young players, and we saw the Randy Rosarinas and um, all these Margot, guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Margot, a lot of outfielders, which brings Austin us Meadows, to, yep. and John Romano wrote about this in the Tampa Bay Times. Let me ask you if you think it's possible. <clears throat> it's sacrilege that we do this, but Kevin Kiermeyer is making $11 million. McDreamy, is it possible? The longest tenured Ray at this point on this baseball team. Could he not be here next season? I think it's, I think it's a real possibility. And I don't, I don't think I wouldn't pay him that kind of money. And I realize that what he does defensively, um, <laughs> he's a piece of work first off. Okay. Let's just, let's start with <laughs> what? that. Wow. He's, just one, he's, he's a just great one, ambassador for the club. He is. He is. He's the face of the franchise. And I think he's and a what good, a face. And he's face a, that, exactly. And he's a yeah. good guy, but he's also one of those guys that, He's always hurt, and the reason he's hurt because he's always diving after balls he shouldn't be diving after half the time. Every day I'm hustling, he, every hustling. Day, he is, and, he, and, he, and if you don't know he's hustling, he'll tell you he's hustling. <laughs> but I look, I like Kiermaier. I think he's, I think he's done a, I think he's been a good representative for this franchise. Played well in the postseason. I'll give him yep. that. Like he yep. had a good series. He was, he was one of the few guys when he came up to the plate during the World you Series. Thought he had thought, a chance to get a hit. Yeah, he yeah. might get a chance here to get hit a ball somewhere. Um, or and a lot of guys weren't like that in, in, in the postseason, but I, I think that the money he's making, Rick, I don't know that there would be a whole lot of other teams out there that would pay him 
that kind of money. And I, if you're you going to have to eat some of that salary, I think you maybe. might. Right. Yeah. And the thing is, if you're going to, this goes back. This reminds me a little bit of Carl Crawford. I think Carl Crawford was a better player than Kevin Kiermaier. Maybe. I don't know. If he caught everything, but there was a point where if you were going to pay Carl Crawford, what he wanted, he had to be your best player. Yes. And Kevin Kiermaier, if you're going to pay him the money that he's earned to this point, right. he's going to have to be your best player, and he's not your best player anymore. He's about your right. He's about your fifth best player or sixth best player at this point. So mm-hmm. I, I think they have no choice. Look, they'll miss his defense. He's still, he's still a good defensive player, but at some point you, the defense is going to go a little bit. Yeah. Because he's going to get older. And and I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's one of those cases too, Rick, where – it's you have to almost take a Bill Belichick approach where absolutely you get rid, you get rid of him a season too soon than a season too late. Absolutely, and I and I don't know, you know, in terms of prospects or players, I don't know what they would get for Kevin Kiermaier. I think there's a chance maybe you know he's worth more to the Rays than he is outside of the Rays. Maybe not. I think that's a great point. You know, I think, might... I think that's a really. I think he does mean more to the Rays than he does mean than he would mean to. But in terms of the... in terms of being able to, you know manage your your finances maybe maybe go you know whether it's a catcher add add to the pitching staff maybe it's just to lock up a young guy um i still think that 11 million dollars is a lot for a small market team he's the hell he's the second highest paid player on the team right i mean you're talking about a team that you know it's, it could end up in the 70 million dollar range or something and if you ask me if, if you still got to cut payroll and you're saying well it's blake snell or it's kevin kiermeyer um you still got three years of Blake Snow. I would definitely try to load it back up, especially since you've lost Morton. You have Glass now, but you don't know who you got behind those two guys. You can't lose Blake Snell too and expect to be a big contender for this thing, right? So it's uh, depra- Meyer, I mean, it's a little bit depressing. We get it. We're always going to live with this, Rick, and they seem to do a good job of putting this thing together every year, breaking it down, tearing it down, and then building it back up again. But it would be nice where. Uh, you could have a guy like Kevin Kiermaier and say, you know what, I'll pay him $11 million. He may not play every day. He may be, you know, a seventh-inning-on guy. Right. Uh, it'd be nice to be able to have a franchise like that, but you don't. You, and it's it's fun to watch how they put it together, but it's also, gets, as a fan, you get a little frustrated, well, I'm sure. you know, and he's not anymore with all the outfielders they have. He's not an everyday player. I mean, you're not going to play him against left-handers or good left-handers simply because that's not what he does. He doesn't he doesn't swing the bat well against those guys. So he's he's becoming more of a platoon guy. Um right. and especially if Margot and Rosarena and you know and you would think that yeah. Austin Meadows is going to be, you know, healthy Absolutely. and playing a full season again. And now you got Absolutely. Brett Phillips in there to be, Brett Phillips is now that guy that could be that, you know, defensive guy, steal some bases, sure. put him in late innings, you know, spot start him here and there. Um and he's making a lot less than 11 million dollars. No doubt, no doubt. Finally, the NHL is coming back. The date is January 13th. How do you think – I mean, this was the season that would never end, but it ended well for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Those are the teams that have the shortest offseason. What's going to be the impact? Will there be the uh, proverbial Stanley Cup hangover, you think? Uh, you know, I don't know, Rick, and, I, and I'm not even sure how I feel about the NHL. I get it. Um, I mean, on one hand, I, I'm curious to see how the NHL and the NBA pull this off because this is going to be unlike – like the NFL, where the NFL, yeah, they're traveling around the country, but the Bucks are going to play eight eight road games this year. You know, for the Lightning, and and I don't know what the schedule is going to look like. It's probably going to be in the what they're talking like fifty two or fifty six games. They probably won't travel yeah. out west, but there will still be lot a lot more traveling 
than we see in the NBA, and even more traveling than you saw in Major League Baseball. Um, right. And so I worry about them being able to pull it off. My original thought was, you know what, just scrap this thing until next October. But I also get why you don't do that, because there are a lot of teams out there. You take a lot of those teams that didn't make the bubble or didn't make basically make mm-hmm. the playoffs last year. A team like, say, like Detroit. They'd be going a lot longer without playing. They would be going like a year and a half without playing hockey. Yeah, and it's yeah. and it's hockey, man. Like, I sat through a lockout and saw the mm-hmm. damage that it did mm-hmm. back in two thousand in the mid-2000s. So, you, you, I mean, they want to get back on the ice. But they need fans, Rick. They need they need fans to make this thing work. Yeah, um, they're not. They don't have quite the TV money that that other sports do, and you're not going to be able to have fans right away. Right. Uh, it would be nice. They do seem to be doing a smart thing. They're going to try to wrap this thing up so that they can come back. I would think next fall, when presumably we'd have that next October or the, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. or November or even Christmas, and have something close right. to a whole season again. But um, yeah. I don't know. It's interesting, Rick. It, you almost feel bad for the Lightning that we we could something see, always happens, right? Yeah, they win a cup and then you know, and then they have a uh, they lose an entire season. Then they win mm-hmm. another cup and, and the league shuts down because of a global pandemic. You know, yeah, it's always something. Yeah, we can't have nice things, Tom. I don't I know, know if you heard this or not. <laughs> anyway, he's Tom Jones. You can read him on Pointer dot org. He has his newsletter there, very interesting uh, in uh, compelling things going on right now, of course, uh, around the inauguration and uh, the transition and whatever it, it is you write about. everything. We got everything going yeah, on. Yeah, it's just just uh, insane amount of information. Did you so, see he was one of the first people, real quick, one of the first, pe- first people to get the vaccine over in England? You know what it was? William Shakespeare. William Shakespeare. And he yeah. looked great. He looks great. being 197 years old or whatever it is. <laughs> for being 400 years old, yeah. Yeah, the last guy you'd think would need it, you know? <laughs> Exactly. Um, but yeah, I thought it, I thought it was interesting. William Shakespeare. Edgar Allan Poe gets wow. next. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Saith uh, saith the uh, <laughs> the virus nevermore. Um, we'll see how that works out. But anyway, Tom Jones. Hey, you know what? We should do this tomorrow. I'll come back. Sounds good. You know what? Tom Jones will be back tomorrow. We're going to talk about. Some radio stories with the retirement of a radio icon like Ron Diaz later this week. Good opportunity to do that. So make sure you join us on the podcast tomorrow. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.